conscious. Yeah. <laughs> then you can tell if you're talking close enough to the mic. Because if you talk like really close to it, you can actually hear yourself decently. Hey, Mike. Are you recording? Yep. All it's right. recording right now. So this is the first official NV podcast. It is. How do you feel? Well, it's a long time coming, so to get it off the ground is uh, exciting. And the best part is it's just us. I know. Do you have any mixed emotions about starting like this? Um, no, I figure, you know, the, the other guys will just jump in when all the, all the hard work's done. <laughs> That's it. So tell me, tell me a story from your racing days. Let's see, story from my racing days. Um, getting dropped story, or I don't have many win stories. Did you Did you win any stages? Yeah, I won a stage tour of Utah, actually. Oh, nice. Which one? Um, it was uh, It was a Mount Nebo stage early on, the early years of tour of Utah, and then a couple of years later, I won the KOM, the climbers jersey, as well, and got second um on the snowbird stage at that time it was the queen stage uh -huh. and uh, i lost by 11 seconds but it was it was good it was just a little altitude garmin kid that beat me oh really i was coming from san diego so sea level um but i always i always love tour of utah i've actually heard it's like training and elevation versus just kind of shocking your system like shocking your system can be just as good yeah usually for something like that if you're you know it really depends on your fitness level and if you're coming in really really fit um i think you can you can just do everything well so coming into altitude just at the start you know the first couple of days were were always rough but i'd ride i'd ride into it after that so yeah at that time snowbird was the final stage so i was already you know six days six days into the racing and i was just like fitness was getting that was going better and better each All day right. that's pretty so, sick yeah good Sweet. stuff out there did you go race in europe at all yeah i raced yeah. a bit in europe especially my last two years on the road um we do a team house in Oudenard in belgium which is in flanders and it's the it's the finish of tour flanders that the town of Oudenard is where where flanders finishes now and that's really really an amazing place to stay it will actually it's probably a terrible place to stay when you're someone new to the area and coming over because between races you know you should be recovering but i just wanted to go out and ride koppenberg and ride all these like you know iconic climbs that you just see on tv and you read about so between races you're like trying to smash it out on the on the uh, the climbs in the area but uh yeah, that's a special, special part of the world. How steeped in cycling it is, and you uh -huh. have the, you have the Tour of Flanders Museum there, which is just amazing with the bikes on display and old cars, and yeah, it's, it's uh, cycling is a whole different level in those some of those areas. I mean, you, you go into a sports bar here, and they're you know talking about football or baseball, and the players there they have like you know they have all the jerseys on the wall and they're arguing about you know who's going well who's going to be who's going to be winning the race that you know whatever weekend it is um it's it's pretty next level 
I, I believe it's kind of crazy how just like sports in general in Europe are so ingrained in the culture. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Yeah. No, I think, you know, Americans, we have no, no concept of, of what a big deal cycling is over there, especially in some, you know, somewhere like Flanders, you know, the Flanders region and, you know, there you're riding around and, you know, someone that knows the area would be like, oh, this is, you know, where Peter Van Pettigum grew up, you know, one of the biggest classic stars and like, yeah, this is his parents' ranch and, you know, just like, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of wild when you see this stuff and then you go watch like Perry Roubaix and you think, <clears throat> you think it's, you know, on TV, it's like just this amazing spectacle and there you realize they're just riding through like farm fields kind of back and forth to find these old cobble roads and you're just in the middle of absolutely nowhere it would be it would never be it would never be a destination for anyone if it wasn't for cycling on the on the cobbles Uh you know it's just farm it's just farm country and flat parts of france and you know a little bit of belgium and then it goes into france but yeah it's cycling has has put those places on the map for sure but it's i think it it's such a difference because like here in the states like it was just developed the roads were meant to be busy and packed and full and so road riding just never really caught on yeah for sure um and just you know even commuting and stuff you go you know you go to a train station there and there's going to be like 300 bikes lined up you know in the racks because people you know maybe commute to the train station jump on the train and stuff it's just it's just part of their lifestyle riding you know that you wouldn't consider them cyclists in, in terms of like it's their hobby it's just for so many of them it's just what they do in holland and stuff like you just you just ride bikes everywhere that's just how how it works that's sweet if only the states were like that yeah yeah then we'd invest more in like you know bike paths and getting people out of cars and people would be healthier it's a much better environment oh for sure I was listening to a whole big thing on just like the development of cities and how they were built and it's just like back east even just like in the states like back east they were built for like commuters you can walk everywhere but here everything is just so like the west has just been so spread out that yeah they were built with some like input from the car manufacturers what i was told for sure yeah the oil industry basically Uh influenced you know how the infrastructure um which is why you know other than just parts of la like they're just not walking they're not walking cities they're not even like public transportation like we don't have a train system Um, yeah you know we don't have good subway systems on the west coast so i mean just all the you know the pushback about putting in a high-speed bullet train you know is like it's who knows eventually it'll probably happen whether it's in our lifetime or not i don't know uh-huh. i hope it happens and the problem is now that it, it's i mean a, a lot of that basic infrastructure has to begin you know early on and now our cities are just so congested it's hard to start adding that stuff later it but just makes everyone grumpy because construction yeah it's crazy fortunately we have um we have what's his name that's going to do the, the underground tunnels and save us all elon musk yeah yeah he's Let's got it all figured out <laughs> Let's <hope> those work <laughs> did you see those 
I mean, more power to him if he can pull it off. But I know. I, I have a hard time believing that's going to be the answer. For sure. Um, let's see how that sounds.